Moonjo's lined up in front of Brown. They're going to give it to him on that left side once again to the 50. Big hole of the 20. 25 30. 35 40. Look out. It's WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and this is not your regular Pandora's Lunchbox theme song. There's a reason for that, though, but this is Mike. It's time for a bacon party, and it starts tomorrow, and it starts now. It's hard to explain, but it goes something like this. Bring home the bacon, tender juice and steak. Thank you, Procol Harum. Now, we all know the Procol Harum song, Whiter Shade of Pale, but did you know they did a song about bacon? Well, yes, in fact, they did. It's on the Grand Hotel album. Thank you, Ron. Bringing home the bacon. And that's what we're going to do for you. Coming up tomorrow, WCBN's going to start letting you know that we need your support because you love us and we love you. What we're saying, it's it's the fun drive starting tomorrow and we're going to have a big party at the Elks Lodge in Ann Arbor tomorrow starting at 10 p.m. We're going to have bacon for sale because it is, in fact, a bacon dance party tomorrow at the Elk Lodge at 10 p.m. And I figured, okay, this is a show about food. I should probably explore the world of bacon. Let's do that together, shall we? With a help from our friend Andre Williams. All my friends was uh, glad to see me Seen some down by the railroad track Seen some cotton pickers with their sacks on their backs They say, hey man, we're glad to see you back We got a new dance they call uh, Bacon Fat It goes Help yourself, young. Then you go. 
Then I went down to see my local DJ. His name is Kane. He lived down Tennessee way. I said, hey man, what's this new kind of jump? Well, you wind up twice and then you end up with a bump. He said, dig that in. This is a natural fact. It's a sweep in the south. That thing, the bacon fat. You go. Entertain the people, youngin'. Oh, help yourself. Oh, have mercy. Oh, now play it good. Now play it good. Have mercy. Please have mercy. Thank you, Andre Williams. And that is the bacon fat, Mr. Andre Williams, Mr. Detroit. He does such other great tunes as Pass the Biscuits, Please, and the Greasy Chicken. But we're talking about bacon now because WCBN has a special bacon dance party at the Elks Lodge in Ann Arbor starting at 10 o'clock tomorrow evening. That's Friday evening, the start of our fundraiser. But in the meantime, let's explore the bacon, shall we? Get out your bacon spectacles. They don't have to be made of bacon, but it wouldn't hurt. What is the origin of the phrase, saving one's bacon? you must be wondering. This from the phrase finder. In this phrase, bacon represents the person's body. This is very enlightening. The Oxford English Dictionary defines to save one's bacon as to escape injury to one's body, to keep oneself from harm. The earliest example it quotes is dated 1691. The word here could derive from bake... I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I just threw that out there. B-A-E-C, which is Old Dutch and Anglo-Saxon, both, for the word back. However, like many sayings, there are other suggestions as to the origin. The most likely of these is that in the early 17th century, bacon was thieves' slang for escape. Alternately, alternately, otherwise, Brewer suggests that it may mean the sides of home-killed bacon that every peasant family would have hanging up in the house. This would have been valuable property, and if you or someone else saved your bacon from fire or theft, you would have had a narrow escape. So there it all is. But there are more words about bacon we need to understand. Records of bacon being made go all the way back to around 1500 BC in China. Bacon was also popular with the Greeks and Romans. And I found a plethora of words as to the origin of bacon. We've just heard some. B-A-E-C, bake, which is Old Dutch and Anglo-Saxon for back. Says on foundout.com, the word derives originally from the Old High German bako, meaning buttock, 
<laughs> which in turn derived from the Proto-Germanic bakos, meaning back. By the early, by the 14th century, it found its way into Old French as bacon, meaning back meat, and by the 16th century, it found its way into Middle English as bakun, which referred to all cured pork, not just the back meat. Now, here's a bit of controversy here because we like to stir these things up. What is the origin of the phrase bringing home the bacon? This is very important. Now, on the website about.com, which rhymes with foundout.com. No, actually, this is called todayifoundout.com. That's what we were just looking at. Now, on the website about.com, it says here, bringing home the bacon, in the 12th century, a church in the English town of Dunmau promised a side of bacon to any married man who could swear before the congregation and God that he had not quarreled with his wife for a year and a day. A husband who could bring home the bacon was held in high esteem by the community for his forbearance. And so we have the origin of the phrase, bringing home the bacon. We will have a competing origin in just one moment here. But in the meantime, we need to hear a little more bacon music, I think. That's what I think we should do. This is Mike Doty, and I'm not sure who his collaborator vocally is on this one. I couldn't find out on the disc, but here he is with uh, what you're going to have tomorrow, which is more bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. Emperors and the salamanders. More bacon than the pan can handle. Nuggets and the heliotropes of gold. More bacon than the pan can handle. Bartic games and the ocean liners. More bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man. Poor quoi. Utility man. Aqua. Utility man. Poor quoi. Utility man. Aqua. State degrees and the ginger root of gold. More bacon than the pan can handle. Motionless than the circumstances. More bacon than the pan can handle. Overland and the easternmost ago. More bacon than the pan can handle. Hoop skirts and the bubbly strangers. More bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man. Poor quoi. Utility man. Aqua. Utility man. Poor quoi. Utility man. Aqua. There's a little gift to it, there's a little gift to it, there's a little, there's a little gift to it, there's a little gift to it. Utility man, utility man, utility man, more bacon than the pan can handle. Yeah, 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 Better the devil you know, better the devil you know, better the devil you know. 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 Well, what other better devil is there but better bacon? So, that's why at WCBN we're going to have a bacon dance party at the Elks Lodge in Ann Arbor tomorrow at 10 p.m. I just need to mention that as often as possible so you'll understand just how important it is to be there for WCBN now. A moment ago we talked about how bringing home the bacon was originated in the 12th century. A husband who could bring home the bacon was held in high esteem by the community for his forbearance, for he had not quarreled with his wife for a year and a day. That is the comprehensive and absolute truth. That's where the phrase bringing home the bacon comes from, unless... 
This is from todayifoundout.com. The phrase, bringing home the bacon, has been around since the early 20th century and was initially used primarily by the working class, with bacon being a staple meat for that class. Oh, that class, I tell you. So it's either formed in the 12th century or the 20th. Now, this is important, though. The patron saint of bacon is going to be at the event tomorrow. The patron saint of bacon is St. Anthony the Abbot. He's also the patron saint of swine herders, butchers, epilepsy, amputees, shingles, gravediggers, hermits, lost items, and Canas Brazil. I wish I knew what that was so I could tell you. But this is actually very important from todayifoundout.com. Bacon actually is good for the brains of unborn children. It, that's what it says. Bacon contains a nutrient called choline, which has been shown to boost the intelligence of people if they got a lot of it before they were born. So make sure pregnant moms to eat as much bacon as you can. Do you think, Arwolf? Do you th- well, I'm, I'm a little concerned, Mike. Yeah, yeah? You're saying there's a saint, and you made a list. <clears throat> the same saint... For bacon is the saint for epilepsy? St. Anthony the Abbot. That's apparently, according to todayifoundout.com. I'm just going to have to think about that for a few weeks. He's a very busy saint. Thank you. He's, he's very, thank you, Arwolf. Arwolf will be here at 7 to help us face the music in many ways. In the meantime, St. Anthony the Abbot will be watching over all of us for the next few days as we celebrate. Now, as you all know, of course, this is National Bacon Week in Australia. We, we all knew that, I know. I saw that on australianpork.com.au. This week aims to educate on differentiating bacon made of Australian pork from those made of imported pork and encourage bacon lovers to explore the wide variety of meal opportunities that premium Australian bacon can provide beyond the weekend breakfast. More than $10 million worth of imported pork meat arrives in Australia every week, Countries like Denmark and Canada have highly subsidized agricultural industries and such are able to import, able to export frozen product in enormous amounts destined for manufacturing small goods such as bacon and ham. Now, you're advised to look for the square pink Australian pork mark as a guarantee of Australian origin when buying your bacon. So, only buy Australian origin bacon if you're in Australia. Pray to St. Anthony the Abbot for good luck with your bacon. And join us tomorrow at the the Elks Lodge for the WCBN Bacon Party. And in the meantime, a word from our sponsor. Oh, more beers are here. Yay, more beers. Thanks, man. Thanks, eh? Okay, good day. That's our roadie, because like now that we have an album, we, we, uh, we have a roadie and we're getting an equipment van. And, uh, like, there will be 12 tractor-trailer loads full of equipment uh, bringing uh, our Coleman and our openers, our beers, uh, and 50 million pounds of back bacon when when we're... Oh, yeah, 50 million. Take off! Okay, 5 million pounds of back bacon, and we'll come on tour like uh, Peter Frampton. One year, one year, when bacon was scarce and us having none. We saddled our horses and shouldered our guns. Straightway to the wild woods we did stare to kill off the wild hogs and drive in the deer. Well, when we got there, we rambled a while. We looked at each other but came for to smile. Saying these ain't the same hogs that's been here before. The old blue sow and the blacklisted boar. The old blue side jumped up to her feet for to run. 
We fought you fell for Bob Porter's old gun. The cowhide will crack and the waters will roar. Your back it will ache till it's perfectly sore. Thank you to our special friends there, our special guests. There were Bob and Doug McKenzie talking about arguing over bacon. There are a lot of arguments over bacon as to who is the true patron saint of bacon, what is the origin of bringing home the bacon, and who... How many how many pounds of back bacon will be there tomorrow? That's the question. Uh, we also heard some music there from the Red Clay Ramblers. Fortunately for us, they did a tune by the name of When Bacon Was Scarce, and they created a medley with the tune Rye Straw. We heard both of those just now from their album Twisted Laurel. Now, bacon comes in many forms, including people. One of them was Francis Bacon, born 1561, died in 1626. He was an English philosopher, statesman, scientist, lawyer, jurist, author, and father of the scientific method. He served both as Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England. Although his political career ended in disgrace, he remained extremely influential through his works, especially as a philosophical advocate, practitioner of the scientific method, and pioneer in the scientific revolution. But perhaps most importantly, he died for food. An influential account of the circumstances of his death was given by John Aubrey's Brief Lives. I love that book. Aubrey's account portrays Bacon as a martyr to experimental scientific method. It has him journeying to Highgate through the snow with the king's physician, blasted snow, when he's suddenly inspired by the possibility of using the snow to preserve meat. They were resolved they would try the experiment presently. They alighted out of the coach and went into a poor woman's house at the bottom of Highgate Hill and bought a fowl and made the woman exenterate it which we're all familiar with. After stuffing the fowl with snow, Bacon contracted a fatal case of pneumonia. Some people, including Aubrey, consider these two contiguous, possibly coincidental events as related and causative of his death. Francis Bacon died for food. And so for that reason, you should join us at 2.20 Sunset in Ann Arbor at the Elks Lodge tomorrow at 10 p.m. for the Bacon Dance Party for WCBN. There's another famous Francis Bacon, a painter born in Ireland to English parents. He was a figurative painter known for his bold, austere, graphic, and emotionally raw imagery. Margaret Margaret Thrasher... 
Rancher's Frazzles, Margaret Thatcher famously described him as that man who paints those dreadful pictures. And how's that for an endorsement? So, two, two mighty fine Bacons. I'm going to take just a moment here, though, to talk about... Well, see, Bacon is gentle. Bacon is gentle. It's something you eat with a, spe- a special friend. It's not like pies. Pies are weapons. Let's talk about pies for a second and rubber chickens, okay? The news, the news recently is that a woman who hit Michigan Senator Carl Levin in the face with an apple pie has agreed to plead guilty to assaulting a member of Congress. That's a misdemeanor. Ala Mosen's plea agreement was filed yesterday in federal court in Grand Rapids. Documents show her friend Max Kantar of Big Rapids will plead guilty to the same charge, but felony charges will be dropped. Levin was hit with a pie while meeting with constituents last August in Grand in Big Rapids, actually. Mosen of Coldwater was identified as an anti-war protester. They are due in court a week from tomorrow. The maximum penalty for throwing a pie in the face of Michigan Senator Carl Levin is a year in prison. So we'll see how that goes. In case you might think to yourself, oh, Grand Rapids, blah, blah, not good. Some people have that kind of automatic feeling. Here's something you should know about Grand Rapids. It's starting a 10-day comedy festival kicking off this evening called Gilda's Laugh Fest. It's in honor of Gilda Radner, who was very, very funny, but sadly died of cancer in 1986. And all proceeds from this festival will benefit the cancer, grief, and support programs offered through Gilda's Club Grand Rapids. But here's something you should know about the festival. At 7.30 this evening, in less than 45 minutes, there will be an attempt to set a world record. Organizers are hoping to entice 500 people to Rosa Parks Circle in Grand Rapids to participate in the tossing of rubber chickens. They're hoping to throw 500 rubber chickens which would break the record of 265 rubber chickens thrown last April just outside of Boston. It was done outside of Boston because of the ordinance, you know, not allowing rubber chickens in Boston backyards. You know about that. By the way, you know that Gilda Radner began her broadcasting career as a, quote, weather girl, unquote, for WCBN? All true. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we'd better get started cooking that bacon, don't you think? Okay, we're starting to cook the bacon. It's looking pretty good. Ouch. It got in my eye. Ouch. Wear goggles. Ouch. We're going to be making bacon for you, making bacon for you, at the Elks Lodge tomorrow evening for the w- to begin the WCBN fundraiser happy times. The Elks Lodge is at 2.20 sunset in Ann Arbor. It's going to be from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., 21 and over. What else do you need to know? Except perhaps that in bacon there is fat, and in fat there is bacon. And always, wherever you go... There is Shaky Jake. Have bacon. Hold on down the skeet. If you put the meat in the skillet. The bait fucking on down the line. All the huckaburger baby flock together. If you float on down the lane. Call it that bacon, that bacon song. When everybody minds the song of tomorrow. That bacon tongue That's Let my heart be yours That's why they call it the fat bacon song Tell you to put the bacon in the stove in the skillet The flea got separate So the crow, he wanted to eat it all up So the flea said, no, we all eat So all the justice, they, they put this meat in the skillet The, the, the crowd quiet 
and the meat went down the drain. So Jesse, the possum, went to eat it. Tell him to say, get back. Don't be so selfish, flea. <laughs> That's all he... And roll away, hug on the baby all day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Shaky Jake. Always with us, wherever we go. Now, I want to read a bit of Bacon poetry from a cowboy poet, which is mostly absolutely wonderful with just a few moments of uh, dubiousness. A couple of rather dubious lines, but about uh, 30 lines of delicious, sizzling, great Baconosity lists. This is from the website Porkopolis.org, which we often consult, I know. This was written by Badger Clark. Badger Clark, Charles Badger Clark Jr. to you, lived from 1883 to 1957. He wrote cowboy poetry. He parlayed four years of cowboy life on an Arizona ranch into a 40-year career as America's most successful cowboy poet. A longtime resident of South Dakota, mostly in the Black Hills, Badger Clark was named Poet Laureate of that state in 1936. So, this is Badger Clark and his his poem by the name of Bacon. Again, there are a couple of dubious lines you'll find out, but most of them... Anyway, you're as salty and greasy and smoky as sin, but of all grub we love you the best. You stuck to us closer than the nighest of kin and helped us win out in the West. You froze with us up on the Laramie Trail. You sweat with us down in Tucson. When Injun was painted and White Man was pale, you nerved us to grip our last chance by the tail and load up our colts and hang on. You've sizzled by mountain and mesa and plain over campfires of sagebrush and oak. The breezes that blow from the Platte to the Main have carried your savory smoke. You're friendly to miner or puncher or priest or the patron saint of... Uh, bacon, sorry. You're friendly to miner or puncher or priest. You're as good in December as May. You always came in when the fresh meat had ceased, and the rough course of empire to westward was greased by the bacon we fried on the way. This is true. And here's the, here's the line I just have to say. We've said that you weren't fit for white men to eat. This country is an interesting country. And your virtues we often forget. We've called you by names that I daren't repeat, but we love you and swear by you yet. Here's to you, old bacon, fat, lean streak, and rind. All the westerners join in the toast. From mesquite and yucca to sagebrush and pine, from Canada down to the Mexican line, from Omaha out to the coast. Bacon! Thank you, Badger Clark. This is WCBN. I've been Mike for a while, and you've been listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. One more time, just to let you know, you know, at the Elks Lodge in Ann Arbor, it's going to be the bacon dance party for WCBN. We'll make bacon for you. We're also going to make some vegetarian bacon bacon for you, if you if that's your inclination. There's a rumor of a chocolate fountain. I've heard something about that. So at least two food groups represented, the only two that matter, really, bacon and chocolate, at the Elks Lodge in Ann Arbor, which is located at 220 Sunset. This bacon dance party from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., 21 and older. Thank you for listening to WCBN. Keep on doing it, and don't forget to call us tomorrow and pledge your support to the only radio station that sounds like this. Let's wrap it up now with something that is a sentiment that we all feel about you. Here is Lewis Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. You, you listening now, you, you're my meat. This is WCBN FM, Ann Arbor.
outside in and inside out, you're my meat. Ah, you're fat and faulty, but naughty, you're my meat. From your feet to your head, you knock me dead, you're my meat. I got you covered, but baby, you're my meat. In the days of old, when nights were bold, they were pious and modest, I'm told. Don't you see that couldn't be me? I'd have to talk about your yams and your big fat hams. It excites me so because I know you're my me. Fat and forty, but lordy, you're my me. WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement broadcasting from high atop the basement of the Student Activities Hotel at the University of Michigan. This is Experimental Experiential Radio. It's run by students with lots of community involvement. My name is Arwolf, and right now I'm looking something up online to begin the, uh, as a little prologue, a little prelude before I give you the mammoth recording by Dr. Eugene Chadbourne that will comprise uh, the bulk of this evening's Face the Music. Special Ed is on at 8 with Ed Special. If you'll uh, pardon me for a minute, what I'm looking for is something that actually uh, actually ties in with what Mike has been doing for the past 30 minutes or so. The theme of bacon. Let's see. I think I had some bacon... 40 years ago. I haven't had any bacon since then. I haven't had any, any flesh since then. But uh, everyone ought to eat what they want or like, and there should be enough for everyone to go around. Right? What I'm looking for, and I seem to have pinned it here, is a, uh, <clears throat> a piece called Three Screaming Popes for Large Orchestra After Francis Bacon. That's the name of the piece. It's by Mark Anthony Turnage an English composer, and I would need to explain that Francis Bacon did a uh, series of paintings that were, uh, well, how, how would you dis- 